0: I'm excited to share this message with you this morning. Little did I realize, after hearing the story of Samuel from my four-year-old for like a week and a half straight, that's what I would be preaching on. But sitting in my office Tuesday morning, I was praying, and the Lord, He's like, "Go with it. Go with it and preach that message because it's important. It's important to be heard, even for adults." Um, and she was so passionate and and passionate about it, I'm only hoping I can do it just as much justice. Uh (laughs) Um, But despite being a young boy, we read here in 1 Samuel chapter 3, and if you want to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3 this morning, we read about Samuel's first encounter with God and discerning God's voice. Despite being a very young boy, he wasn't quite aware of what God's voice was yet. And now if you recall, Samuel, um, his mother Hannah, she was at the temple many years ago, praying before the Lord, like to the point to where Eli thought there was something wrong with this woman. She was pouring her heart out to God, saying, Lord, if you would just give me this child that I'm praying for, I will give him back to you. And then Samuel's born, she brings him to the temple to dedicate him to the Lord and Eli is there and then Samuel's given to Eli to be raised up in the temple in the work of the Lord. So that's how Samuel finds himself here. Now, how many of us here this morning we could say that we've honestly experienced God speaking to us in some way? I mean, it could have been audibly, could be through scripture. Each and every time that we open the scriptures, god speaks to us in some way he reveals something to us and we discussed it wednesday night in bible study sometimes it's interesting and worthwhile reading the bible through a different lens and something else will pop out to you don't just open the bible and be like okay lord i'm just doing this out of my habit for the day to get through this no open it up and be like lord show something new to me or go into it intentionally of Here's what I'm hoping and looking. Like, let me see if I can pull something new out of this. Now, I'm not saying something new, like to stretch it for what it is, but something new that can help you in your journey. The Lord can also speak to our hearts and our minds. And the other way the Lord can also speak to us is through another believer. And how many times has somebody come up to you and said, Hey, I've got a word for you and they give it to you, and you know it's true, and you know that it's from God, but it's so to the point and so true, you're like, ooh, thanks for that, but didn't really, like, really? And there may be some people here this morning, or that you'll listen to this message later, and you may say, Pastor, I've never had God speak to me, or I'm not quite sure to tell if it's God that's speaking to me. Well, just like Samuel had to learn that it was God speaking to him, we need to do the same thing. So we're going to look at 1 Samuel 3, 1-21, and we're going to go through this story, because as lovely as the Old Testament is, you have to take it in increments and lay out the narrative and the background for the story. So we're not going to read right through the story all at once. We're going to go through this chunk by chunk. We're going to give some background to it to help lay a foundation, and then we will move into the like the real practical application of what this story is telling us this morning. But before we begin reading, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning, God. We thank you for the opportunity to dive into it, and Lord, I pray that as we read through this story, that you would speak to our hearts, speak to our lives, and help us to pull something from this that we can take with us this week. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So as we read in verses one through three together, and it'll be up on the screen as well. We read here, Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Notice in the opening verse, something very truly sad is revealed to us. It says, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. God was not speaking to his people. The prophets, I mean, they were around, but they weren't speaking. The Lord wasn't speaking to them to talk to his people. They had nothing to say. And so now the setting for this story is in the sanctuary of the Lord in a city called Shiloh. And if you recall, the tabernacle, the temple, it began with the Israelites on their journey across the desert. They brought it with them. Everywhere they went, they brought this tabernacle, this temple with them. And at this point, it's in the city of Shiloh before events unfold where the Ark of the Covenant... Is taken by the Philistines and the long journey of the Ark of the Covenant and then finally before David builds the, t- the temple and restores it for Jerusalem. But all, all of that to say for this purpose we're in the city of Shiloh and we can also assume that the time of day is very late in the evening, probably early morning, because verse 3 even tells us that the lamp of the Lord has not gone out yet. So we can probably safely assume that everybody's asleep and there's three main characters in the story that we need to introduce we've got eli who was the priest of the temple very old gentleman who had been there many years but he was now not well with his sight and so he was lying down in his place we have samuel who was there serving under him and then of course we have god himself Now I want you to take note of something very interesting. Where does the scripture tell us that Samuel was sleeping? He was sleeping near the Ark of God. And if you remember, and if we do our studying, we know that the Ark represents and symbolizes the presence of God. And we read stories about people who touched this Ark of God and what happened, struck dead. Only the priest could enter into the Holy of Holies. But yet here is this young man, out of all the places he could have chosen to sleep in this temple, he's sleeping near the Ark of God. That is, it's, it blows my mind when I read that. I'm like, man, I'm like, this kid, of all the places he could have slept, he chooses to sleep right in the presence of God. That's a pretty awesome choice. Verses 4-6. to six. We read here, then the Lord called Samuel and he said, Here I am. And ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down again. And the Lord called again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, my son. Lie down. They're both sleeping in this passage. And to keep in mind what we read back in verse 1. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. God was not speaking to his people. Well, that's about to change. We're, and, and we're going to see that here in a couple of verses. Samuel awakes fr- from his dream, thinking that Eli is calling him, probably thinking he's fallen, something's happened, so he, like, I have to go help him. So he runs to him instinctively and says, here I am. And Eli is like, he didn't call you. And this happened a second time. So at this point, I can only imagine what's going through young Samuel's head. I'm like, okay, man, I know your sight's bad, but like, really? Like, now you're like playing this game of calling me back. Like, what's going on? Verses 7 through 10. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. And it's important that we take note where it says, And the Lord came and stood calling as at other times. He then called Samuel twice, this fourth and final time. And this isn't the first time God has called people by their name twice. He's also called, we see in Scripture, Abraham, Moses, and Jacob. At very pivotal points in their life, God calls out to them and calls their name twice. So now Samuel, he's called his name once the first three times, but now this fourth time, he calls his name twice. And Scripture tells us, again, that Samuel, he did not yet know of the word of the Lord. It had not yet been revealed to him. Samuel knew who God was, but he hadn't come to that relationship yet and hadn't fully been made aware of who God is and like, okay, this is God's voice speaking to you, and here's what you're supposed to do. So for God to call his name twice is a very pivotal moment that's about to happen in his life here. And as we read through 1 Samuel, and as he gets older, we read about how the Lord uses him mightily as a prophet and a judge over Israel. And so Eli, this time, he tells Samuel, hey, when you go back to lay down and the Lord calls you again, here's how I want you to respond. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Other translations use the word listen. Listen. Now, there's something important about this response that Samuel has been instructed to give, and we're going to break this down real quick. First, it acknowledges that it is God who is speaking and calling out to him. Second, the response confirms rightly that Samuel is a servant of the Lord. And third, it confesses the attitude Samuel has to listen to what God has to say. So essentially Samuel has three things he has to do here. He needs to acknowledge that it's God. He needs to humble himself before the Lord as his servant and be willing to listen. How many times has God tried to speak to our lives and we've missed that mark? Where instead of saying speak Lord, your servant listens and then humble ourselves to hear. The Lord's tried to speak but we've missed it it's kind of just blown over or we just completely didn't hear it. We can learn a lot from Samuel to discern the voice of God in our lives because here's the deal. The world that we live in has many different voices that are going to try and pull us every which way. There's going to be the voices of a better job. There's going to be the voices of more money. There's going to be the voices of fame. There's going to be the voices of all the fun that the world can try and offer. Like all that fun stuff that's of not of God. We need to be able to learn how to discern through those voices what the what the voice of God is. Now, in 1 Samuel 3:11 through 14, the Lord speaks to Samuel. and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by um, sacrifice or offering forever. Clearly, this message that God gives Samuel is not a very pleasant one. I mean, this boy, this young boy has been given a message about the very person he's serving under and mentoring under being told that the Lord is going to punish him and his sons. Like, that's not, that, that's, not some, that's not a rosy message from God. And yes, Eli, it's true. He had led Israel well as a priest, but where he fouled up is he let his sons who were priests as well do things that were not of God, leading people astray, blaspheming against God, and he allowed this to happen. So God, being the God that he is, he's a fair God, but he's also a God that has to bring down judgment. He's bringing down judgment against the whole family. And some people wonder, well, does judgment from God really exist? Yes, yes it does. No, we're not, we don't live in the day and age where we see actually God striking people down. doesn't mean He can't. It doesn't mean He's not doing it somewhere around the world. Just saying. We just don't see it firsthand. But judgment most certainly does come from God. Deuteronomy 1.17 reminds us that judgment belongs to God. In Ecclesiastes 12.14, we s- see that for God will bring every deed into judgment, with every secret thing whether good or evil everything he's going to bring everything into judgment and when it comes to god's judgment people who live their lives in sin and apart from jesus yeah they have every right to be fearful and afraid someone who has lived their entire life with god at arm's length saying lord yeah i know about you but no it's not for me i'm just going to live my life the way i want to they have every reason to be afraid to die. I don't mean to bring doom and gloom this morning, but it's the the truth. If you keep God at arm's length, yes, you have every right to be afraid to die. But the good news is, as believers and followers of Christ, we have nothing to fear. Why? Because we know our God is a fair and and just judge. Genesis 18.25, Shall not the judge of the earth do what is just? Yes. Yes, he will. He's going to judge justly. He's not just going to say, forget about all of this. He's going to take the time to judge each and every person as they need to be judged. The last couple verses in 1 Samuel, as we wrap up laying the foundation of the story here, we read in verse 15, Samuel lay until morning. Uh, Yes, I'm sure he did lay until morning, probably wide awake. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli, rightly so. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, here I am. And Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me. Of all that he told you. Hold on just a second. (laughs) This man, this priest, tells him, Tell me what God said, and if you hide anything from me, let him do what he said and more to you. Well, now he's kind of got a choice to make. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord, and this is Eli speaking back let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. So I can only imagine after hearing this word from the Lord, not much sleep was probably had by this boy. Like, Because he knew he was probably going to have to share this with Eli at some point. But what does he do when he wakes in the morning? He goes about his usual chores, preparing the place for worship. Yeah, because um, Eli's two sons are living their life, doing whatever they please. They're not going to come do this, even though it's rightfully their job. So Eli finally calls for Samuel. Hmm, funny how he's now calling for him after what happened the night before. And he tells him, tell me what the Lord has spoken. Think about it for a moment. Samuel, this young boy, faced with the decision of, do I tell him or do I face the wrath of God? I mean, I'm going to tell him. So he tells him. He tells him about everything. He communicates this to him and says, your family is going to pay the price. God is going to bring his wrath on your family for what you've done. And Eli, he very easily could have been like, what? And acted very angrily, taking his anger out on, Sam, on Samuel. But he responds in a surprising way. And he, first of all, he instructs Samuel, never hide what the Lord has to say. But then, Eli, he submits himself to the will of the Lord. And he says there that it is the Lord, let him do what seems good to him. And I'm here to tell you something. There's a whole other sermon in that alone about submitting to the will of the Lord and letting the Lord do what He's going to do. That's a whole nother sermon that at some point I am sure I will bring to you. But we see here in this story that God is a God that communicates. He wants to communicate to His people. He has stuff to communicate to His people. All throughout Scripture, God is presented as a God who communicates. I mean, for gracious sakes, from the very beginning in Genesis 1-3, God said, let there be light. He communicated that right out. And even after sin separated us from God, even after Adam and Eve sinned, and they had that wonderful privilege of being able to walk and talk with God, and when I mean walk and talk with God, God would physically come to the garden with them, and they would walk and talk in the evenings. But then sin entered the world, so God had to remove Himself from that. But He didn't want to remove Himself completely. He still wanted to communicate with us. And He communicates in several different ways. First and foremost, God speaks to His people through the Holy Scriptures, through His Word. Every word of this Bible was given by God. It wasn't just penned down by a bunch of different authors. Every one of them was inspired by God. Romans 15.4 tells us, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scripture, we might have hope. So if you're ever questioning, is this the Word of God? Yes, each and every word in there was breathed by God Himself. And it is relevant today, just, just like it was then. Second, God chose to in the Old Testament, speaks through prophets. And then, in the New Testament, through his Son. Hebrews 1, 1 through 1-2 tells us, Long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. We're told here in Hebrews, no, God does not speak through prophets anymore. They're not walking into town and everybody fearing and trembling like oh boy what do you have like what are you here for because usually when you come it's not a good thing no but now he's speaking through his son jesus and he's speaking through him through his life through his teachings through his signs and wonders through his death burial and resurrection on the cross and where do we find all that right in the word of god it's all written there for us god's communicating that to us and the third way God has chosen to speak to us, and this is my favorite, is through his Holy Spirit. Jesus knew, he knew, that once he left, we would need a comforter and a companion. Or as I like to say, a little bit of a swift uh, kick in the pants every now and again of like, keep yourself in check. John 14, 25-26 these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to your remembrance all that I have said to you. The great thing is for all of us that have, have accepted Christ, we have the Holy Spirit as a constant companion that he not only connects us to God, but he also helps us intercede to God. It helps us communicate both ways. 1 Samuel 3, it's all about Samuel's introduction into the prophetic life. It's all about laying this foundation for Samuel to discern the voice of God before he moves into what the Lord has called him. We we know and believe that God speaks and communicates to us in multiple ways, but there's a problem that is presented in 1 Samuel 3. The problem is the root to the entire back and forth conversation that Eli and Samuel had throughout the evening. Samuel heard a voice. No, he wasn't crazy. He had no idea who this voice was. Why? Well, because scripture tells us the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. How was Samuel supposed to know it was God's voice? This was Samuel's problem. And guess what? It's the same problem that we have today. Some of us, we don't know how to discern what god's voice is we've been saved for many years but we're still lo- we're still not able to discern what the voice of god is we live in a time yet god he no longer speaks through prophets like he did in the old testament and i mean he may speak audibly from time to time but not all the time we live in a time though when god speaks through his word and his holy spirit in our hearts And I hope we realize that how important this issue of not being able to discern the voice of God, what a danger this presents. If we assume God is speaking to us, and indeed He is not, well then we're going to be off track in our lives. If we give a divine meaning to something that's not divine, we are in error. And God's going to deal with us on that. If we hear God's voice when in fact it's our own desire and we can do that, we can be praying, crying out to God, being like, Lord, speak to me, and then get so tired of waiting, kind of just put the answer there ourselves. Well, then we're living for ourselves and not for God. The dangers of ascribing God's voice to things that are not His voice abound. It's happening every day. So in 1 Samuel 3, you're probably now wondering, okay, you have presented me with a problem, Pastor. Well, how do we figure this out? Well, there's four essential truths that we're gonna go through here real quick that we can take and hold close to our heart. The first one, you have to be close to him. This image of young Samuel sleeping so close to the Ark of the Covenant, I mean, it still blows my mind, but it really is a powerful image. Of being near to god we have the privilege friends of being able to experience god's presence wherever we're at we don't have to go through hoops anymore that was all paid for and taken care of when christ died we also need to take note that god spoke to samuel he did not speak to eli or his two sons and think about it for a second eli and his two sons were priest of israel and god chose to bypass over them because what was going on there was not of him and he chose to come to this young boy and speak to him and use this young boy throughout scripture nearness to god indicates the ability to hear from him and communicate with him this nearness it also indicates a good relationship with him distance from god indicates a poor relationship with him Deuteronomy 4 7 and this is Moses speaking for what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him remember how I said as the Israelites crossed through the desert they took the tabernacle they took the temple with them and if you study and you look where was the temple usually at it was in the center of their camp why because God wanted to be close to his people he wanted to be right there in the middle of all of it. I mean, he could have very easily said, put me up on this high pedestal over here at the front of your camp so you're always looking at me. No, he was right in the middle. Just like he needs to be right in the middle of our lives to be close to him. James 4, 7-8, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your your heart, you double-minded. If you want to be able to hear the voice of God, you've got to have a good relationship with Him. You need to draw near to Him. How do you accomplish that? Constant prayer. Studying the Word. And as you draw closer to God and begin to... You'll be able to distinguish His voice from the rest of the world and what's around and just continue pressing in closer and closer and take that time to invest in your relationship with Him. The second truth obedient faith is required. This picture we get of Samuel is, some, is someone who is very young, but he's also very obedient, not just to God, but also to the responsibilities given to him. Remember, Samuel, he wasn't included. In the message from God, as, give, as someone who turned from God, the message was very clear about who this was about. Samuel was obedient through and through. Like I said, when he thought Eli was calling him, the boy being the younger one, for, um, in between the two of them, ran to this man, probably thinking he needed help. But he was being obedient in his responsibility to help and take care of Eli. The next morning, even after being given such a heavy message from God and probably no sleep, he still rose up and was obedient and proceeded preparing the temple for worship. And then he was also obedient and giving the word that God had given him to Eli in full. In the end of chapter 3, we see Samuel as an obedient prophet who rightly handles God's scriptures and his prophetic word. The scripture tells us that there's something to be said about being obedient to God. Luke eleven twenty eight. 28, but he said, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. John 14, 5, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you want to hear the voice of God, you need to be living that life of obedience towards God. And if you get wrapped up in the world and sin, well, you're not going to be able to distinguish between the two sin becomes this roadblock not just to our communication with god but also our relationship with god and if we're deliberately living the way of the world and living how we want avoiding god then we're foolish to think that he's going to openly communicate with us he's looking for obedient followers in him the third truth humility is required that's a big word that some people don't like to hear Humility. When Samuel finally responds to God, his response is one of humility. He rightly calls himself a servant. Humility is so key and imperative to hearing God's voice and figuring out if it's his will or our, our own ideas. Humility, it means that we put to death our ideas and allow God to direct our thoughts. That's a big one. Humility means we give up our desires and allow Him to direct us. Humility means we are willing to change and learn and adapt to what God tells us. Oh, I know, we can be creatures of habit. But in order to get closer to God and hearing His voice, you need to be willing to change and adapt to what the Lord is calling and it's not anything crazy we're not asking you to drink any kool-aid or anything like that we're just asking you submit yourself to god and it's a wonderful thing it's life-changing if humility is not something you can grasp well then you're going to miss out on hearing god's voice i I, there's no there's no way around that i'm just going to shoot that straight if you cannot humble yourself before god then why would the God of this universe communicate down? You need to be able to bring yourself into a humble position before God, below Him. Psalm 25, 9, He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble His way. Psalm 149, 4, For the Lord takes pleasure in His people. He adorns the humble with salvation. In 1 Peter 5, 6, Humble yourselves therefore unto the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time He may exalt you. Don't try and rush the clock. Humble yourself before God and at the proper time he'll, He will exalt you. If you want to hear this voice of God, place yourself humbly before Him in your actions, in your spirit, in your worship, in your attitude, in every aspect of your life humbleness before god must permeate every aspect of our lives just like when my wife cooks dinner and it permeates the sanctuary during the week and draws me out of my office that's how thick humbleness needs to be permeating your life to the point where you can't escape it it's just there Pride has no place in our lives when it comes to hearing the voice of God. Why? Well, because prideful people, they don't usually want to hear or listen to what's being said anyway. They're just like, no, I've got this. Their pride gets in the way of hearing God's voice and then obeying what is heard. The fourth and final truth this morning. Confirmation is required. I mean, this seems to be the most practical, but in my opinion, this is the most helpful and probably the most crucial one. We need to take note of a few things in this passage. First, Eli confirmed to Samuel that, yes, God is speaking to you. Eli also confirmed that what Samuel received from the Lord was consistent with who God is and his character, even though it was not favorable towards him. The final thing that confirms this was a word from the Lord. Well, later in 1 Samuel, and as you read through 1 Samuel, everything that God told Samuel comes to pass. So you can't really argue whether or not this was God speaking to this boy. When we hear God's voice, I believe that He will confirm His message to us. Now, He doesn't have to because He's God. But I do believe He's going to because we're human. We're going to doubt sometimes. So God's like, here, let me back this up for you a little bit. Let me give you some confirmation. Well, how's He going to do that? Well, you hear from God. God gives you a message. Bring it to Scripture. Ask the Lord to show you in Scripture where it lines up. I guarantee you, you're going to find it somewhere. Maybe not word for word, but it's going to line up in there somewhere. And if it doesn't, well, then I don't know what Holy Spirit you're listening to. But when God speaks, it's... 99.9, 99.9, better yet, 100% of the time able to be confirmed in this book. God's not going to speak something that's not going to be able to be confirmed. And not only will God confirm this message to you through Scripture, but remember how I said through other believers, oh, He's going to do it there too. He's con- he can confirm it through other people. I mean, Eli confirmed this for Samuel. So who do you have that can help you when you need something confirmed. Pastors, elders in the church, born again family members, born again friends. Here's the thing, don't just go looking for the person that's gonna tell you what you wanna hear. Ask God to direct you to the person or bring that person to you. Because otherwise we're gonna fall into the same trap that 2 Timothy 4.3 tells us. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Make sure the people that you go to for the confirmation from the Lord or that God's using to confirm something to you, make sure they are biblically and theologically sound. And that will not guide you the wrong way and and lead you astray. Because unfortunately, there are people out there that that's what they want, that's what they want to do, and that's what they do, and it's sad. But the Lord will confirm his word somehow, some way. And sometimes it may take multiple times of confirming it to you over and over and over and over again. I'm guilty of that because I'm stubborn. I've, like God speaks to me, so, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's wonderful. And I kind of put it on the back burner. Well, then a couple days later. All of a sudden, my wife is like, hey, I really felt the Lord pressing this upon me when I was praying for you. Okay, there's confirmation there. In my devotions, oh, wait a minute, there's confirmation there. Okay, Lord, what you said, that was actually true. Like, sometimes it takes a couple times. And God's patient. He'll wait. And sometimes man to smack you upside the head with it. But as we bring this message to a close this morning, Mike, if you want to come up and get ready. I want to challenge you to search your heart before the Lord as we walk through this story and laid out these truths I believe there's two type of people that need to be addressed this morning the first is those who are aware of God's voice but just need to respond they just need that extra push to respond to God like Samuel just need that little bit of instruction of here's how you respond so the question is are you ready to be like Samuel And humbly respond to the Lord by saying, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And he will speak. When you humble yourself before the Lord and allow him to speak, that is when you're going to begin to see things change in your life, things come alive. You will experience a closer, deeper, more intimate relationship with God. The second group of people is those who are, you may be kind of wrapped up in the things of the world. And you know that God is tr- calling you, but you just can't discern through everything that's going on where, where God's voice is. And you're wondering, how much longer am I going to have before God stops calling? Well, the good news this morning is this. All you have to do is be, just call out. Say, Lord, silence the rest of it. I surrender. I give up. I'm giving you my life. Come into my life. And the Lord will begin to move. He'll begin to speak to you. And the rest will just fall into place. He'll bring people into your life to build you up and will help you move in this journey of discerning um, who He is and how to hear His voice. The bottom line is this, the more time you spend with God, the more familiar and comfortable with His voice you will become. He's not a scary God. He's not looking to scream and yell and terrify you. Sometimes His voice is a still small whisper. That's just like, I am here. I'm here for you. So as we sing this last song, I invite you, if you would stand, if you would like to come to the altar, it's always open, find a place to pray. But just put yourself before the Lord and humbly ask Him, Lord, speak to me, or Lord, help me begin to discern what your voice is. Heavenly Father, we come to you again this morning, Lord. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for your voice, God. God, that even in the midst of trials and tribulations, God, that your voice is there calling for us. And God, I pray that we'd be able to cling close to that, God. Lord, and be able to discern your voice quicker. Lord, and draw close to you. I pray for each person here that you would be with them. Bless them, keep them safe, help them have a wonderful week just being the light in the dark place, wherever that is, Lord, in school, at work, in the grocery store, among family, among friends. But help us go from this place ready to bring your word forth and to minister to others. And Lord, I pray that you would help us as a church as we prepare for this Thursday night to impact this community, Lord, in whatever way you would have us, God, whether that means a lot of people, God, a few people, but everything we do is for your glory and honor. I pray you'd keep everybody safe as we go our separate ways this week. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.